Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Campionato di calcio italiano. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening everybody. It's me, your host, Dov, for a special European edition of the Forza Italian Football Podcast. Unfortunately, well, unfortunately for, for me, maybe not for you, I'm on my own hosting the show today, but fear not, I have a plethora of guests uh, coming up on, on today's programme. Uh, obviously, we're going to be talking about the Italian teams in Europe, Milan, Lazio, Napoli, Roma and of course Atalanta and their heartbreak in Reggio Emilia. So, um, f- first up, we're we're, we're going to go to the the Stadio San Siro, which uh, I was lucky enough to be at. Uh, Milan won one nil. Fabio Barini getting the only goal of the game, four nil on aggregate against Ludogorets. Quite an easy victory. Um, to be fair, nothing much happened in the game, uh, apart from the goal and maybe a couple of chances other than that. Uh, and to help me talk about that game, I'm joined by Dutch uh, football journalist and journalist for Elf Football magazine, Aaron Deckers. Um, so Aaron, we're going to start off uh, with a question about Fabio Barini. So in a game where not very much happened, you probably got to say that Fabio Barini was Milan's outstanding player. He got the goal and that, that gives him three in three games for the Rossoneri. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's correct. I think uh, also because he scored the goal, that was, of course, the most important thing for him to do. And uh, because the last matches, it's more for him to, to play on the sides. In this, uh, this game, it was really for him to score, right? Yeah. And, I mean, Milan were pretty rubbish. They were not pretty yeah. rubbish. They didn't have much to do. Ludogorets were all right as well. But, I mean, the game was, I, I want to say boring. Yeah. <laughs> probably <laughs> thing. I mean, it wasn't the most exciting time. No, no, it's true. It was really a boring game because, like, you expected as me as well that... Ludokores would do much more but they didn't it was like they already gave up when they started so that was quite strange and then the goal fell from Milan and the game was done for both teams. What about then Andre Silva because he played 
um, up alongside Borini and Cotrone. And given his recent form or his form in the Europa League in general, uh, tonight's performance is really, really poor and, and didn't create or do anything of note, which uh, has got to be a bit of a disappointment. No, it's true. It was like, just like you were saying, I was also expecting him to score today, like, and really, like, being, you know, doing everything to make that goal. But he was just without confidence with every action he made. He just couldn't even pass a defender. And he, he should be able, like Lodokoretz, like you said before in the Europa League, the teams they played against uh, before, they are on the same level as the Ludokorets. But he just, he just hasn't got the confidence. He, he looks completely lost at this point. It's, it's strange to see. How do you think then that Milan could get him to a good level? I mean, possibly a loan spell or more games in Serie A. I mean, what, how do you think they can get him back to being a striker worth 40 million euros? Yeah, I, I would think so, you know. I, I expected before, like, this would be really a match for him to score as well because Milan is doing good, the team is playing well, then he scored the goal really early, so I was thinking, like, he will score, and then it will start to, um, he will start to score again, like, in, in several matches. But, oof, again, uh, today, not a goal. I don't know if it's good for his confidence, but, you know, with strikers, it's like, uh, I don't know if you know it, but Van Nistelrooy once said to Higuain when they played play together at the Real Madrid, Higuain didn't score for a long time. And uh, he asked Van Nistelrooy, who was playing at the same time, who had a knee injury, for advice. And then uh, Van Nistelrooy had this thing in his head always. He said, like, it's like uh, with a bottle of ketchup, you know? You take a bottle of ketchup and you're always trying, trying, nothing comes out. And when it comes out, it comes with everything, right? So he said, like, that's, that's the thing with strikers. And Higuain, he, used it, he uses it a lot when, uh, when he responds to interviews and somebody asks him when he doesn't score for a while. He said, like, you know, life is like uh, a bottle of ketchup for, sp- for soccer players and the attackers, especially. <laughs> well, that's a new one. There you go. Bottle of ketchup. Um, right, mo- moving on to kind of post-game with Gattuso because he actually, despite the win and a relatively easy win, was critical of Manuel Locatelli. basically said he expected more from him. Uh, do you think that Locatelli deserved a bit of criticism in, in a game, like I say, that was relatively straightforward for Milan? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the question. Maybe, maybe it will help him because it's true that Locatelli this year doesn't bring what he brought before. And it's quite strange because before he played at a really bad Milan and now he plays at a quite well Milan at this point. So you would expect it would be easier for him to play. But yeah, it doesn't look like that at the moment. So maybe Gattuso felt like instead of a, a hug at this point, he needs a little, uh, how do you say, kick on the ass, right? On the back. <laughs> Just hopefully it will help for him. But he's definitely going to be on the bench Sunday now. <laughs> what about then Milan's hopes in the competition? because uh, they've not played anybody very good, let's be honest, uh, in the competition so far, but um, they're, they're, they're coming into good form. There's still a few good teams left, like Atletico Madrid, Borussia Dortmund, Arsenal are in there as well. So, I mean, how far do you think Milan can go? Obviously, bearing in mind that most people will have listened to this or be listening to this after the draw's made, so they don't know who they've got, but do you think they've got a good realistic chance of getting to the final? Yeah, they, they are good the last week. Recently, they play really, really well and like the team spirit is really high. So, I mean, I saw Ajax uh, as a Dutchman la- last year in the Europa League. And this year, they were out of the Champions League and Euro League before they even started to champion the, the, the uh, championship of it. So, I mean, yes, I think this Milan 
could be able to reach to the final. It's it's certainly a possibility. Uh, it will be really difficult, and yes, of course, they can also go out in the next round if they face a good uh, opponent like Dortmund or Arsenal. You know, who knows? But but they are good enough. You know, if they really do everything, it, it is a possibility. They have a they have a chance now. Like how they played before, I didn't think so. You know, before January, the team wouldn't be able. But now, yeah, they can they can have hopes on it. So that was Aaron Deckers of Elf, football international Dutch journalist who watches about as much AC Milan as I do. Right, so let's take a little detour then to the Champions League on Wednesday because Roma went to the Ukraine, played Shakhtar, that had a fantastic first half, 1-0 up, but then the second half collapsed, ended up losing 2-1. Um, it could have been worse if not for fantastic Super Allison, the amazing Brazilian goalkeeper who is brilliant. Um, I've got Podrick Whelan, uh, a Forza Italian football stalwart, regular, veteran even. Um, Podrick, how good was Allison against Shakhtar? I think with Allison these days, it's almost like you don't even have to mention it anymore. You kind of take it as a given that... He's just going to pull off one or two incredible saves per game. And he did do it again for Roma against Shakhtar. There was two in the second half in particular. I think there was one from about nine or ten yards out, which was fairly central but had a lot of power on it. He just got a real strong right hand up to it to keep that one out. And that was at an important moment of the game when it was one all. Obviously Shakhtar went on to get the goal, which he could do nothing about. But there was another save yet again before that. Just an incredible reaction dive to the left just one hand again to keep out a volley from Tyson apart from that he just does a lot of other smaller things I think in the game quite well and almost saves that it'd be easy maybe to to get them wrong but he just manages to pull them off make them look easy while some mates struggle I think there was one stage in the first half where a ball came out really quick from out in the wing like it was just cross across the box and it hit him in the leg and could easily have rebounded behind him, but his hands were so quick just to fly back behind him to keep it out. So it was another big night from those two saves in the second half in particular. Obviously he could do nothing about the goals, including the, the free kick for the winner, just a sensational strike. But massively important again, he's going to be very important in Rome because away goal for Shakhtar, Rome are in big trouble, but when you've got him between the posts, you'd fancy their chances of keeping a clean sheet. Took two wonderful goals to beat him. What about the second half then? Because like I mentioned before, the first half they were fantastic, but then it's almost like a collapse in the second 45 minutes. So did Di Francesco get something wrong? What happened? In terms of what went wrong in the second half for Roma, I think it was pretty much kind of what Di Francesco said after the game. It didn't seem to be any... There was no tactical change that he made. He, I think he sent them out, obviously, to keep just doing as they were doing because... They obviously had a, an excellent first 45 minutes. Maybe could have been further in front. Didn't create a whole lot other than the goal. I think 1-0 was probably a fair half-time score. But Roma were coming out for that second half and you were kind of hoping that they would keep on pushing for another and a second away goal would have been vital. But Di Francesco was really angry after the game. Kind of hinted that he thought there was just a real mentality problem. When the team, when they got out for the second half, he, he thought that essentially... There was no belief, even though they were 1-0 up and had played really well in the first 45 minutes. He kind of just felt 
the team went out and as soon as they conceded the first goal there was a, a real lack of harmony and everything just kind of fell apart and he's right that that's exactly what happened Shakhtar got the, the equaliser early and after that Roma just looked a shadow of themselves you, you've seen it quite a lot with Roma in Europe down the years perhaps um, where things kind of go against them and all of a sudden <coughs> excuse me it becomes quite hard for them to regroup and recover and that's what happened again the only I suppose fortunate thing is that they did restrict Shakhtar to very few chances and the better chances that they did create Alisson as I said was once again in inspired form so that's important for them that it's only 2-1 and a 1-0 victory in Rome sees them through so the tie is it's in an okay position for Roma but really after that first 45 minutes should have been a lot better and like you say it should have been a lot better and they did get the away goal so so do you reckon in the home leg it should be straightforward enough and, and they'll get the result that they need to get into the next round? A 2-1 defeat probably isn't the worst result in the world. Um, the only problem, I think, is that it could have, maybe should have been better. At worst, it probably could have been a one all draw coming back to Rome, but that wonderful free kick just decided it. But I think you're right. I think that 2-1 is by no means a, a disastrous result. Um, probably they're in a better position well obviously they're in a better position than Juve are in the only other Italian side still with a chance in the Champions League so you'd fancy Roma I think just watching the the entire 90 minutes I think Roma are a better team than Shakhtar I think they'll be really frustrated with themselves it was a game that pretty much they threw away themselves the game just got away from them I don't think Shakhtar kind of did anything overly special to take the game away from Roma. I think Roma are a better team than Shakhtar. I think that they will go through and if they don't, they should be really disappointed with themselves. They should be really angry with themselves because it will have been a tie, as I said, that got away from them. But I believe that they'll do enough in Rome to to sneak through, but it's going to be close to that second leg as well. Then moving on briefly, uh, get back to the Europa League. Um, Napoli, obviously, they, they lost 3-1 at home against Leipzig and uh, it looked like that was basically going to be them. But then, glorious failure, a 2-0 victory in Germany. Uh, fantastic result, great performance, but at the end of the day, it wasn't enough for them to go through out on a way goal. So, I mean, what do you think about, about that one? I don't think when it comes to the Napoli game that there's a whole lot needs to be said. I think that a lot of people will kind of be aware that Napoli on that flight back from Germany I won't be too annoyed about it they won't be too upset or disappointed that they're out of Europe I think Sarri even said as much after it you know you kind of have to put the, the brave face on it and they did play well and they almost could have done it but he was more or less hinting that there's bigger fish to fry for Napoli this season I think that really and truly if Napoli still wanted to even be in the Champions League they probably would be Obviously, they got knocked out in the group stage by Man City and uh, Shakhtar, who are playing Roma. I think that Napoli are a better team than Shakhtar. I think Roma are a better team than Shakhtar, as I mentioned already. I think that if Napoli truly had their minds dedicated on it, and I know it's not the biggest squad in the world and some of the, the French players maybe don't have the experience, but they could still be in at least one of the European competitions if their minds were really set and focused on it. But as we know, they're not. They do have bigger fish to fry this season. They want to end that long wait, the 20-year year wait for the Scudetto. They're in a great position to do it. If Juve managed to see off Spurs, that's a few extra tougher games for Juve then to come up. 
and that'll perhaps play into Napoli's hands a little more, whereas all they have to concentrate now on is Serie A. So they almost did it. They actually played really well in Leipzig as well. They um they could have squeezed through whether it I'm sure they would have dealt with that if they had managed to go through, but I found the lineup almost from Sarri a bit strange. It was he kind of rung the changes back in again, brought a lot of the the first team guys back in. Mertens returned and senior Mario Rui came in. I think there was five or six changes from the first leg, so that was that was almost as if he was saying, "Okay, let's go for it." Even though it was always going to be an uphill struggle, they needed three unanswered goals. This Napoli team is capable, obviously, of scoring against anyone. But it was strange that he thought he could have just settled for maybe a, a one-all draw or something like that in Germany, just taking a draw and went out of Europe. But they gave it a great goal. They played really well, much better than in the first leg. And that will maybe give them confidence for the weeks ahead. But it's not their priority this season. I don't think Europe ever was. And it's all about the Scudetto now for them and let's see how it plays out it was a big gamble for them and but it could be one that pays off in the end Right and moving on then to another Italian team in the Europa League and this time Lazio who lost the first leg against FCSB 1-0 took them back to the Stadio Olimpico and absolutely smashed them 5-1 great performance from Lazio looks like they're back on form Um Paddy, this is this this team that Simone Inzaghi has built is formidable to say the least. Obviously, the the win is fantastic for Lazio, but I think the big story to come out of the game was Giro Immobile getting his hat trick. Just phenomenal form this season. I think that's his thirty first goal, which is a record for him for a single season. And the frightening thing is. We're only midway through February, you know, still got a lot of the season to go. Only Harry Kane actually has more goals in him than the, the top European five leagues across all competitions this season. So that just shows you the kind of form he's in when you consider how people talk about Harry Kane, Chiro Immobile right up there with him. And actually, before the season, Dov, as you know, I'm a, like a bit of a gambler. I saw that Immobile was 25 to 1 actually to finish the season as the top scorer in Serie A. Didn't get a chance to put the bet on and regretting it somewhat now. So uh, hopefully maybe somebody outscores him in Serie A and I don't live to regret that. But in terms of Europe, as long as they've got him fit and firing, then they've got a chance of taking anyone on in the next round. Uh, I think actually an interesting stat I came across was it was the first time in 11 years that an Italian player scored a hat-trick in the UEFA Cup or Europa League. The last man to do it was Luca Toni for Bayern Munich, 2007. So a long time for an Italian striker to get going in terms of a hat-trick in this competition. And it was a vital one, you know, the away leg. Stoya gave as good as they got. Lazio were maybe a little unfortunate not to actually come away with that. Having the tie wrapped up almost, but they wrapped up quickly in this game. And I'm reasonably confident that this is a Lazio team just because of how talented they are in attack that can go quite far in this competition I think you look at a lot of the teams that are left and they've not got a whole lot to fear the way that they the way that they attack I think Atletico Madrid would be a bad draw for them I think they're obviously the, the clear favourites just so strong defensively but what an interesting tie that would be potentially is that 
rock-solid defence who hardly ever concede. One of the best goalkeepers in the world in all black up against this just incredible Lazio attack. I think that'd be interesting. But I would actually fancy Lazio against most teams in the competition. Obviously you don't want them to face Milan. You kind of want the two Italian teams going as far as they can, but Borussia Dortmund just squeezed past Atalanta. That would be a, a tie. I'd give Lazio a good shout of making it through in. Um, Arsenal, you know, they had a bit of a sticky spell at home against Ustersund, so maybe they're there for the taking defensively and I suppose further down you look at some of the teams that are left. Leon you'd maybe want to avoid just because they've got the kind of added motivation of having the final at home, but for last you wouldn't be worried about anyone. I'd actually fancy them against perhaps one of the Russian teams, you know, one of the two Moscow clubs or Zenit. You know, three clubs that are just kind of still finding their feet again after the long winter break that they have. None of them maybe overly impressive. I think Lazio would really fancy themselves against one of them. But most sides, I would give them a real good chance of making it through. The only one, as I said, that I really wouldn't want to see them face in the next round would be Atletico Madrid and their former player Simeone. Thanks for that, Podrig. Some wonderful stuff there on uh, Napoli, Lazio, uh, Roma. Right now, the moment you've probably all been waiting for, uh, the last team we're going to talk about is obviously Atalanta. They had basically looked like they'd booked their place in the round of 16 of the Europa League, but then on the 83rd minute, it was... Schmelzer for Borussia Dortmund put the goal into the, the back of the net after Borussia spilled it right in front of him from what's eight yards out, seven yards out to basically break the heart of every single Ladia fan in the entire world. Every, all the ones in Bergamo and all the ones that travelled down to Reggio Emilia. I can, I can only imagine what it was like to be there, but Luckily for you guys, we had a person there. Mr. Connor Clancy was uh, in the, the, the Mapai Stadium. Obviously, he has a little bit of a, a fetish for Atalanta. Um, Connor, um, first off, obviously, it was a great, um, basically, a great run in, in, in the Europa League for Atalanta. It's been fantastic, a fairy tale, even. But just, just want, like, who caught your eye? Who was the best player for Atalanta on the day? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, Adolf. Yeah, I'm just uh, back from the game. It's standing out on rainy balcony here in Modena. It's sheltered though, so I'm not too cold. But yeah, look, it, it's hard to pick out a best player from tonight's game and it, it almost feels quite unfair to do so but uh, like honourable mentions probably go to Rafael Siloy, Ramos Royler, Joseph Bilicic but for me the best two players were probably Etric Berisha in goal aside from the mistake um, and then Andrea Maziello he so often has just been a complete wall in that Atalanta defence and throughout this run in the Europa League and their Serie A season last year and this year to an extent he's kind of slipped under the radar people tend to focus on the young players in the team and the, the overall structure but without Maziello they, they wouldn't be performing to the levels that they have been Right and obviously being at the stadium watching the game what was the feeling like when that first goal went in when it looked like all your dreams were going to come true Oh, well, when the goal went in, as you would expect, myself and 20-odd thousand others completely just lost their minds. And then after the goal, there was there were a few more minutes of putting pressure on Dortmund. But then after that, Atalanta just retreated into a shell and invited the pressure on. And for the rest of that first half, it was, it was horrible, to be honest, because you were just expecting Dortmund to score every time they brought the ball forward. Atalanta were bringing the ball forward and then just retreating back again and camping on the edge of their own box, even in possession. And they were just asking for trouble, really. Um, but then as the game ticked on, the closer we got to 90 minutes, I think there was always that feeling that Atalanta would need the second goal. I was saying that to Luca throughout the game. Like we were both saying that they're not going to get out of here with just one. And the closer we got to 90 minutes, rather than getting more confident that they were going to see it out I just got more worried because I thought there's less time to recover if they concede and sadly that's how it, it worked out but the, the equaliser was a killer because uh, Papu Gomez ran down the left wing not too long before that and shrugged off two or three Dortmund players before getting into a collision and going down and the ref for some reason everyone thought he was giving a free kick to Atalanta on the edge of the box but he gave a free kick to Dortmund and it was pretty much from that that they went down the other end and scored. Um, Obviously, it was a disappointment Atalanta not getting through, I think, for everybody. I think everybody uh, did want them to go through. But one, one kind of point I wanted to pick on after the game and kind of the post-match reaction was um, Batshuayi tweeted uh, afterwards, he said, 2018 and still racists, monkey noises in the stands, really. Hope you have fun watching the rest of the Europa League on TV while we are through. And then little monkey emojis, the ones that can hide their eyes. Then hashtag say not racism hashtag go watch Black Panther so was there like is it true was there racist abuse and did you hear any of it hear any of it 
Yeah, there was there was racist abuse of Michi Batshuayi, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, not for the first time this this calendar year either. Though it was at the, uh, the Napoli game last month when there was abuse of Kalidukulabali, but it, it should be said that it was a minority of people. Not that there's any excuse for that, but it's not really what you want to hear, and it's not something you would associate with Atalanta generally. They're generally quite a left-wing supporters group, but yeah, it was a it was a small group of idiots who kind of will tarnish the reputation of most of the right-minded people who go to the games. Um, the Dortmund fans themselves didn't didn't grace themselves really. Um, they were their behaviour was pretty disgraceful. Uh, they were they were launching flares out onto the pitch at the beginning and okay, it's not the greatest, but you can kind of forgive it. Well, not forgive it, but you you'll get over it. But then the second half, for absolutely no reason, they started launching flares into the, the section that I was in, which was like the family section. And there's kids sitting around me and flares come flying in. And then after that, everyone was on edge. Every time you heard a flare go off, heads were turning to make sure they weren't coming straight at your face. But none that that's any sort of justification for what the Atlanta fans then went and did. But yeah, neither fans really behaved themselves Indeed, indeed. We don't want any flares, we don't want any racism, no justification. Uh, and obviously after what happened in Bilbao as well, it's things that you don't really want to hear about when football games are being played. Right, so let's end on a positive note then, everybody. Um, this Europa League run for Atalanta, like I said before, has been an absolute dream, a fairy tale. I mean, you, you love Atalanta. I think everybody knows that. If they do listen to the podcast on a regular basis, I mean... What, just give me your final thoughts. What do you think about it all? Uh, the the run as a whole, and really, it, it's hard to put it into words. It was just a complete dream for the club. And I think that they've set a really good example for other teams as well. And that They've shown that you, it's not always all about money. You know, Jean-Pierre Gasparini has done a ridiculous job there, not only with the kids, but with even like Alejandro Gomez, Andrea Patania, Brian Cristante. And giving them these second chances when it it might have looked like their careers had kind of stalled a little bit and Gasp has just come in and completely given them a new lease of life. And whether he's at Atalanta next season or not is another question because I know he's he was saying in January that he wanted funds and it doesn't look like he's going to get funds at Atalanta. But who knows, they could end up in the Europa League again next year. Getting knocked out of this year's competition might just be the kick they need to push on in the league and qualify again. And if Gasp is there, well... You wouldn't put a pass and getting out of the group stages again. So it, it could only be the beginning for Atalanta. Let, let's hope so anyway. Let's hope so indeed. Well, Connor, have fun in Monterey. And, uh, and I believe he's got a Parma tomorrow for some Serie B action. So I'm sure you lot will hear about that uh, on Sunday evening's show. Uh, so that's it. That is the, the, the European football roundup uh, from Forza Time Football. I hope you all enjoyed it. We're going to do some more of these actually as the, the season kind of goes on. Hopefully we'll get... Uh, an Italian team in the final of both uh, uh, competitions. Uh, remember, uh, you can catch Connor and Co on Sunday evenings on YouTube. They uh, just type in Forza Time Football on the YouTube channel, and they, and they uh, do a live podcast on Sunday evenings. I think it's at half past eleven Italian time, so that's half past ten UK. So be sure and check that out. You can ask questions and stuff like that as well. Um, I will be back uh, probably next midweek because 
there's some big games happening in Syria, so we'll have some special guests and stuff to talk about that and things like that as well. And remember, follow us on Twitter at Syria FFC. Go on Facebook, Forza Time Football. Uh, search for that. Go on the website, ForzaTimeFootball.com, because there's wonderful stuff. Obviously, by the time you hear this, the draw for the Europa League has probably been made, so check out ForzaTimeFootball.com for some, some opinions and stuff like that on how we think... Uh, the the respective teams uh, in the Europa League get on and uh, with their opponents and stuff like that. So, so there we go. That is enough for me for this evening. Uh, so there's nothing left for me to say apart from Arrivederci. Gomez ancora palla in aria Masiello da due passi sulla ribattuta e poi si tuffa tra i tifosi dell'Atalanta per il vantaggio della Dea Gomez su punizione direttamente Tredicesimo minuto, all'Atalanta, pareggia, Lione 1, Atalanta 1, il Papu, Gomez, Delfino Milano. gol il danese Andreas Cornelius Everton 1 Atalanta 5 l'arbitro non vuole finire All'indietro va a aiutare Gomez, Masiello subito di prima, interessante per Spinazzola sulla tre quarti, ancora in profondità Cristante, ancora la rete di Ilicic, ancora la rete di Ilicic, il tiro da parte di Cristante, la respinta di Berchi, arriva Ilicic, doppietta e l'Atalanta passa in vantaggio, che sorriso Giampiero Gasperini, in vantaggio l'Atalanta, doppietta di Ilicic, siamo arrivati all'undicesimo, Borussia Dortmund 1, Atalanta 2, ancora lui, ancora lo sloveno, andiamo a Rasklad.
Morata in vantaggio esattamente all'undicesimo minuto nel corso del primo tempo cambia il parziale al Mapei Stadio di Reggio Emilia ha segnato l'Atalanta l'ultimo tocco in mischia potrebbe essere stato Ancora Roiz, destro, pallone pericoloso, porta vuota, il pareggio, il pareggio del Borussia Dortmund. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.